the podcast is back. That's right. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about why I was gone. I think most of you guys know, but I was doing the 31 days of drawing tutorials for October over on YouTube. So I'm going to talk about my experience with that, kind of pull the curtain back from YouTube a little bit more and give you guys the lowdown. Welcome to Make Money With Your Art. I'm your host, BJ Dell. I'm a freelance artist who took creating art as a hobby and turned it into a full-time business that brings in six figures a year. In this podcast, I'm gonna share with you what I've learned along the way to help inspire and motivate other artists like you. So if you wanna learn how to turn your creative passion into a successful online business, keep listening. Welcome back. Oh my goodness. It's been a while, a little over a month since the last podcast. And I told you guys ahead of time, kind of on the show, just wanted to give you a heads up with that previous episode that I was taking the month of October off. If you guys don't follow me on YouTube, I decided with the month of October, any artist knows Inktober is like a huge thing. So if you don't know what Inktober is, basically something that Jake Parker started and there's a prompt list for Inktober, basically every single day of the month, 31 days in October, you draw a design an illustration based on the prompt list. So this has been around for a while. Uh, honestly, I've tried <laughs> to do it in the past, but I've never been able to stick with it. And I think a lot of artists are in the same boat. You might get one, two, three, four days done, but then you kind of start to slip and kind of don't do as many of the prompts as you planned on. So I kind of thought ahead of time, okay, I've never finished an entire Inktober month. And instead of doing that, how about I just do a 31 day series on my YouTube channel of tutorials based around Halloween. So if you guys haven't checked those out, I will leave a link down in the show notes to the playlist, but that's why I decided to do for October. That's why I didn't do the podcast because doing a daily video, I'm telling you what, it takes a lot of time. I don't think people really realize they might log in to my YouTube channel and see, okay, well, you know, this video was maybe half an hour or this one was 25 minutes or longer ones, 45 or 50 minutes. And they think that, you know, it's just a, a half an hour out of your day. You just sit down and film a video. And that's not the case at all. There's a lot that goes into it. So I thought I would kind of give you guys uh, a peek behind the curtain of last month for October kind of give you some insight to that, share some numbers based around the YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, just kind of talk about that today. That's going to be the topic of today's podcast. I know I talked about YouTube before in a previous episode, so we've touched on some of the stuff that I'm going to cover today. But this was definitely a learning process for me because I've not done 31 days in a row of videos when I first started YouTube, I tried to do three videos a week. And then over time that fell down to maybe two a week, sometimes one, I would always at least get up one video a week. So going from going from three a week down to one a week over the past year and a half, whatever it's been. So basically four a month and then going from four a month to 31 was absolutely crazy. I don't know why looking back now <laughs> that I thought it was a good idea or I decided to, to do it. I guess it was just more to prove to myself that I could do it and I could stick with it. And I know if you listen to other podcasts that talk about YouTube or you watch channels on YouTube that are dedicated to 
being a YouTuber or putting out content on YouTube, one of the things is always consistency. And the more you put out there, the the better ranking you're going to get. The algorithm's going to like you better. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and try it. I'm going to see what happens. And that's what it was. Like I said, though, it's, it's a lot of work. Uh, those videos, people thinking that, oh, it's just a half hour 45 minutes out of your day, whatever it might be. Not really the case. I'm kind of lucky with the way that I film and I shoot my videos, though, because I always talk about it at the beginning of the videos, especially in this newer series, that everything that I do, it's all in real time. There's no cuts. There's no edits or anything like that. So that does save me time as far as going back in and editing the videos. But you've got to think, if I do a, let's just, make it easy, a half hour video. So that's a half hour's worth of content. To edit that usually is gonna take me at least 45 minutes to an hour, just because just playing the video from start to finish is gonna take a half hour. So then I've gotta go in and of course I film an intro to the video. So I've got to incorporate that and edit the intro, me talking to the camera and then the actual intro on my video with the intro music and then fading into the actual meat and potatoes of the video, that full unedited half hour part. Uh, you know, that takes a lot of time, uh, especially because I go in and I add, you know, little title things to it. Of course, you've got to go in and add color correction. Of course, you don't have to. I just choose to do it because it makes for, you know, a better picture and, and makes it easily watchable. Uh, so adding that into it. And of course, I also don't record from my camera audio. So with all of my videos, basically, I record everything on my Rode uh, Podcaster Pro, which is like just a mixing board for podcasts that you can also record uh, just, you know, video audio to it, uh, not video, but you know, the videos audio to it. And then of course in post, you got to match up that to the actual footage on the camera. So that takes time. And like I said, just even though I don't do a lot of editing those half hour videos, uh, usually about 45 minutes to an hour minimum to edit. Of course that all changes too. When you start adding in extra stuff, uh, if you guys tuned into the whole series, the final day, of the series I had my wife on and with that I kind of like to go and have the top down camera angle plus the front facing camera angle at the same time I've got two cameras now set up so I can do that and of course you've got to match up the time codes for both cameras and then also match up the time codes for the actual audio to sync up and then go in and edit the cuts back and forth. And then of course that one, I tried to make it fun and made a whole bunch of different references uh, to Bell Biv DeVoe in there. So I had to edit those in with the little counter at the bottom. So a video like that, I think, let me pull it up. I'm in front of my computer right now sitting and pulling up my videos here. I want to pull up the actual time on that one and see what it was. Bear with me here. So that one was a 45 minute video, 45 minutes and 51 seconds. And that one took me about four and a half hours to edit. So if you're thinking about starting YouTube as a separate way to make money with your art, it's an awesome opportunity. Um, 
We'll get into the actual financial part of it here in a second. But just understand, there is a lot that goes into it. I'm lucky that I can sit down and record start to finish. Some people go in and do crazy amounts of edits, and I'm sure it's because they record it and they'll maybe mess up on a part. So they go back and undo that and go back and edit that part out, which I don't do that. I just let it fly. And if I've got to erase a line or I don't like the looks of something, I think it's more beneficial for people watching knowing, hey, Every single line doesn't come out perfectly the first time you do it. it makes me laugh seeing a lot of YouTubers that that do like a crazy, crazy illustration, just a gorgeous piece, and it's 12 minutes long because of the edits, and they do time lapse and everything else. And I know that there is a audience for that, and they do get views, but at the same time, I personally would rather it be more of a teaching aspect, something that you can learn from. And when it's just kind of more for fun and entertainment, watching something come from nothing to a finished product in, you know, the time span of maybe eight, 10, 12 minutes, that's cool. But at the same time, you're not really learning the steps or seeing it broken down. So that's why I keep mine the way that I do. Uh, like I said, though, beneficial because <laughs> when I go into edit, it's a little bit easier to do that. But at the same time, I don't really want to do those types of videos. So that's why I stick with what I'm doing. I know I, I think I could probably get more views on my channel if I switched over to that. But I really question, you know, what what's the purpose? And I would rather have people learn and, you know, get to discover the techniques behind it rather than just trying to guess, OK, what's he doing at this part? How did this end up looking like this? It went from A to B to C in the time span of, you know, a minute and a half. And I don't understand. So that's why I do it the way I do it. But if you're thinking about doing a YouTube channel, that's why I wanted to kind of bring this up today and talk about it and then also tie this into other parts of making money with your art. So number one, and I think I've talked about this before with the previous episode about YouTube, uh, to be monetized on YouTube and being monetized means how you make money from YouTube is you get paid for ad views. So Google, who owns YouTube, you know, puts in the ads. It's called AdSense, and you get paid based on the ad views. So starting out on YouTube, you're not monetized. To be able to get monetized, you have to have 1,000 subscribers, and you have to have 4,000 hours of watch time. Right now, for me, 4,000 hours of watch time is nothing. I get that really, really quick throughout the month. The problem is when you start out, you don't have subscribers, you don't have the views, and it is super, super difficult to begin with to actually get monetized. So that's one thing that I would really recommend if anybody listening to this is thinking about starting a YouTube channel, just understand right off the bat, it's it's an uphill battle. You're going to struggle to begin with to get the views and more importantly, to get the watch time. Uh, one thing with mine, I'm lucky because people are engaged with the video and I do have a longer watch time, but that's just because I have longer videos. So you're never going to have a 100% watch time. Uh, with mine, it's comparatively low to the length of the video, but the actual watch time itself is a lot higher than most YouTubers just because my videos are so long. So that's something also to consider. If you start out and think, okay, I don't want to do these half hour, 45 minute videos. I'm just going to throw up some time lapses. I know a lot of artists do that just because if they're digital artists using the iPad and Procreate, that's super easy. They've got the 
uh, you know, export option for the time lapse, you can throw that up and you're good to go. But if that time lapse is, you know, two minutes, three minutes, you're going to struggle struggle to get 4,000 hours out of that because you're not going to get even two or three minutes per view per video because they would be watching the whole thing. People will usually click off or they'll fast forward through it or they'll lose interest. So that's one thing too I really recommend you to kind of look at is weigh the numbers. If you're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to put up these time lapses, just think about how many views you would have to get even if they watch the entire thing. Um, I won't even do the math right now because I don't want to pull up the calculator. But yeah, you know, 4,000 hours on a three minute video, it, it would just be crazy. You would have to have so many views, so many videos. So that's something to consider as well. If you're thinking about making the jump into YouTube, I know a lot of people start out, they have, you know, big dreams and aspirations behind it. And then they get burnt out really quick. They don't see the numbers that they think that they should be getting and they give up. Uh, I've talked about it before with me personally, when I started YouTube, I did it on a whim. I didn't even think about, I'm going to turn YouTube into something. It was just that, uh, doing the, the different side hustles and income streams, I was doing merch by Amazon and somebody in one of the groups had said, Hey, does anybody use procreate and the iPad to make t-shirt designs for merch by Amazon? So I thought well, there's not a lot of videos out there around that. So let me put up a video, see what happens and just kind of, you know, give some information of how I approach the creation process. And like I said, I think previously on that, that other YouTube episode, I didn't even log back into YouTube after I posted that for like six months. I didn't think about it. <laughs> I didn't even check on the views or anything. It was just more, let me throw this up and help people out. And that's when I realized, okay, this thing's got a decent amount of views. I think in six months, it maybe had a thousand views or something in the first six months, which of course now, you know, a thousand views, I get that in a day, but back then thousand views in six months, I thought that was pretty good. So I was like, okay, let me try to turn this into something. Uh, but it was one of those things I stuck with it because the money, like I said, to begin with, doesn't come in because you're not monetized and to be able to get to that level takes dedication. It takes time. So now speaking of monetization and money, let's talk about that with the YouTube, um, and AdSense terms of service, the TOS, there's a lot of stuff that I can't talk about. I can basically share overall how much I gross per month on YouTube. I can't break down what that is per video. I can't break down what the CPM, which is the actual uh, amount that you make per thousand views. can't break down any of that, but I can give you an idea as far as what I make. And then also I'm going to give you an idea of what October did. So I, th I thought this would be interesting to do because I know somebody in the group, uh, the keep creating group, which I've talked about before. If you guys aren't on that group or in that group join, it's on Facebook. I'll link it in the show notes below as well. If you guys want to hop over there, keep creating a group for artists by artists. But somebody over there had said basically along the lines of, Hey, this is awesome. I really love the videos. Hopefully YouTube is paying you well for all this time and effort that you're putting in. And my response was no, not really. <laughs> it's pretty garbage to be honest with you. So let's go in. I'm going to pull up my analytics right now. And like I said, so, since I can only do the uh, gross amount. This is not going to give you a full picture, but not a, a really accurate breakdown, but it'll kind of give you an overview. So you can see, uh, so September, 
like I said, averaged usually about one video a week lately. September, if you guys do watch my YouTube channel, you remember that I was actually part of the closed beta for Procreate 5X. And instead of doing just one long-winded video or just one video that really quickly went over the new features, I decided, hey, I'm going to break this down into seven different videos over the course of seven days. Uh, they actually upped the release date of Procreate 5X, and I think I only got five videos in. But for the month of September, overall on YouTube, I made $2,053.84. So not a ton. I mean, you break that down to you know a 12-month period, $24,000 a year if I continued at that pace. So let's just say, let's just use 20. It's a little bit over 24,000, but let's say 40 hours a week. If you work at a job, 40 hours a week times 52 weeks, that'd be 2,080 hours, 2,080 hours. So that's basically like a an $11 and 84 cents an hour job. So it's not crazy. I'm not buying, you know, Lamborghinis and houses and all that stuff with my YouTube earnings by any mean. It's once again, just an extra income stream on top of everything else. That's why I've said you can't have all your eggs in one basket. And to be successful, I think personally, as an artist, you need a bunch of different income streams to be able to get to a level to where it's going to support you. Just doing one thing isn't going to work. So if you do just say merch by Amazon or you do another print on demand like Redbubble or TeePublic, just doing one isn't going to support you. Just like this, doing YouTube, just doing a single YouTube channel is not really going to support you unless you blow up and it's some craziness. I know that is possible, but once again, how many people get to that level? Not a whole lot. So uh, that kind of gives you an idea overall for September. Now, that was eight videos. Like I said, that was more than I usually do as well, but eight videos in September. So you would think with the, the amount of people joining in following the tutorials that I did in October and having 31 days back to back of videos, my income would just have gone crazy last month, right? It would have definitely paid off financially for me to take that time to do all these videos. And you're going to see here, that's not really the case. So $2,053 in September, October just posted and I did $2,726.95. So let's subtract that. So spending the 31 days back to back, my YouTube revenue increased by $673. Uh, once again, like I said, each video would, would take just to edit, you know, to film half, let's say half an hour to edit 45 minutes to another hour. And then the actual upload process takes time. Of course, you can do that and walk away, but then you've got to add in the titles and the tags. You've got to go in and do the in screen and the cards and then add in the ad breaks and all that stuff, which takes probably another 25 to 30 minutes 
per video. And that doesn't even factor in the amount of time that it takes to upload the video to YouTube. Of course, I kind of do this to myself because I shoot everything in 4K, which means the file size for these are huge. But usually between an hour and 45 minutes to two and a half hours to upload the video to YouTube. And I've got pretty fast internet too. Uh, but with that, of course, I don't have to sit by the computer the entire time just watching the progress bar as it goes. But I do like to pop back into the studio, make sure everything's going okay so I can't just up and leave, go do something else. I've got to pretty much physically be here to make sure there's no errors. And then once that's up, of course, I've got to do the thumbnail. I do the announcements for the video going live in case people don't have notifications turned on. So I'll put the uh, announcement for the video being live on Instagram and then on Twitter and then on Facebook, three different places on Facebook, the Keep Creating group, my art and illustration page and my personal page. So there's time that goes into that. Uh, and then updating the website for this series, I included the color palette for every single illustration up on the website. So I had to upload those and then get that updated. And then, of course, responding to comments, which I talked about in the previous YouTube video about how important it is to respond to comments, especially right off at the beginning when you're starting on YouTube. You won't have many comments coming in. Make sure you always respond to them. Now, I've pretty much had to break it down to where I usually just respond to comments within the first couple of hours on YouTube. Uh, there's just so many comments that come in daily. I get usually hundreds of comments a day just on the current video and then previous videos. There's just no way for me to physically reply to all the comments. So I found the best way, usually about the first two hours to sit down and stay on YouTube, just refresh the comments and engage with the audience then. So I had that all in there. And by the time I would sit down to start a video, and then end it with, you know, responding to all these comments. During the month, it was usually about an eight-hour process from the start of sitting down to film and then finally saying, okay, I've responded to all the comments of these first people coming in to watch after the first couple hours. It was usually eight hours, so it was kind of more than a full-time job just because I didn't take any days off, usually you know, five days a week, eight hours a day for a full-time job. So you can see how much work actually went into it and then kind of see the payoff it gave me an extra $673 last month. So not a lot, uh, just overall looking at the YouTube side of things and the AdSense, was it worth it? No, it wasn't worth it from a financial standpoint on YouTube. And this is where kind of my advice comes in. If you are looking to do YouTube, if you wanna make it something that is gonna be uh, a, a stream for you know monetary gain and it's gonna add to your making money with your art, uh, kind of plan, definitely need to find other ways to monetize it with that. So this can be a few different ways. If you have products like t-shirts that you can advertise or, you know, merch stuff, that's one way. Personally, though, starting out, I don't think that's the best way. You're going to have to have a pretty uh, rabid fan base that really, really loves you to sell them t-shirts. Uh, you've got, you know, Mr. Beast is one of the biggest YouTubers. He sells a ton of shirts and a ton of merch through his channel just because he's got a huge user base. But even still, if you break it down by the number of t-shirts he sells versus the number of subscribers, it's really just a drop in the bucket. So you got to look for other ways too. with me personally, uh, mine, I talk about in my videos and I use them in my videos are my brush sets. And that's the way that I kind of help 
kind of, I guess, monetize or boost up my YouTube revenue by bringing people into the brush sets. And honestly, with the brush sets, I would not be able to do YouTube or would not be able to spend the time that I do on YouTube without that supplement of the brush sets coming in as a direct result of YouTube. Granted, once those sell from the YouTube viewers, you know, I, I sell on Gumroad, I sell on Etsy, I sell on Creative Market. It will start to add up algorithm wise to where they start promoting those to other people who aren't landing on the page from YouTube. So they'll have those on, you know, the front page or on the search option and they'll go up higher in the searches. So if somebody searches for procreate brushes, the more I sell, the higher up those will come in the search. So I do sell some organically off of there as well. But that's the really the only reason that I can do YouTube and spend the time that I do just because it does bring in that source of income as well. Uh, I've had a few people comment, not too many, but I've had a few over the uh, the years uh, comment basically, oh, this is this video is just a big commercial for your brushes. It would be better if you use something that's in Procreate. Why do you always use uh, one of your brushes that we have to buy? And that's kind of the reason. It, it helps me be able to provide those tutorials and provide them for free on YouTube. If I didn't have that, honestly, I wouldn't be doing YouTube at all. Like I said, the, the amount of money that I made last month and the amount of hours, it, it was pretty much uh, what equated to a part-time job or minimum wage. Uh, so that's that's why if you do decide to do something like this, definitely look for other ways to monetize it, especially until you get your uh, AdSense monetization approved. Uh, you're not going to be making any money at all. But with that in mind, don't start trying to sell stuff immediately right off the bat. Definitely have to kind of gain that trust with your viewership and you don't want it to come off like a commercial. I think that the majority of people understand what I'm doing and they appreciate it and see the brushes as a way to support the channel and then also get something out of it. I'm not, you know, asking for donations or anything like that. It is actually something that they receive in exchange for money. So it's something that they can use. They can create stuff with it as well. And if anybody listening has bought any of my brushes, I appreciate you. Uh, but that's, that's just one way to approach it. There's other ways too, that you can think about, but that's one thing I would recommend to each and every one of you. If you think about starting out with YouTube, uh, this kind of ties into other stuff too. Uh, if you see with YouTube, if you see that it's not working, if you're not getting the views, if you're not getting monetized, if you can't change that and add some other form of revenue stream to it, it might be one of those things that you have to decide, okay, is this really worth my time? And I've talked about that before with pivoting. Uh, just always kind of be assessing what you're doing with your time and the amount of money it's bringing in. If something's not working, that's when I decide, okay, I'm going to completely drop this. I'm not going to do this anymore. Or can I still continue to do it, but add something else to it? Can I change something with it? And looking at the overall just audience that you have and the response that you get really will help you decide what to do. Uh, for me personally, it worked like that on YouTube with my brush sets and doing brushes. I had made brushes in the past. It wasn't something that I thought about selling. And 
as the video started getting bigger and more people started watching, the constant comment that I saw come up was, what brush are you using? What brush are you using? What brush are you using? So that told me, okay, there's obviously a demand for these brushes or there's a demand to use what I'm using. So that's when I kind of looked at it and said, okay, this is something that I could use as a stream tied into YouTube. It might make YouTube a little bit more successful for me in the long run. So why don't I try this? Um, that can be, like I said, applied to a lot of different things. If you're doing uh, artwork on a platform and you're not seeing the response, that's when you have to decide, okay, do I want to continue this or is there something that I can change with this? That also ties into, we've talked about niches and doing niche research. If you're targeting a niche and you're making designs or making artwork that is based around that audience and it's not selling, that's when you can decide, is this a niche that I should stick with? Or is there something that I'm missing with this niche? Is it not resonating with the people that are buying? Is the look off? Does it not fit the feel of what they're used to purchasing, which I've talked about before? And there's a lot of ways that you can look at that and decide the changes that you have to make. I'm quick to pivot. I'm quick to drop something just because I've spent a lot of time in the past doing stuff that didn't work and telling myself, hey, if you just stick with it, it's eventually going to happen. And a lot of times it didn't. And I wasted too much time. I was so stuck on thinking, OK, this is a great idea and this is awesome that I didn't take that step back and give it a honest you know, view from the outside to decide that it wasn't the best thing to do. So that's one thing I really recommend is just pivot with your stuff and be not afraid to take chances and change stuff if it's not working. So hopefully that kind of gave you guys some behind the scenes, pulling the curtain back of YouTube. I know a lot of people don't talk about money on YouTube. There's, uh, I think this kind of weird myth out there that you can't talk about your numbers on YouTube. Like I said, with the TOS though, you can say what you made in gross. You just can't break it down further than that. So that's why I want to give you guys the numbers because I think a lot of people just assume they see uh, the subscriber count. I think I've got what 130 something ish thousand now pulling this back up 133,000 subscribers on YouTube and they see that they see oh we've got the plaque in the background all that you must be rich and famous from YouTube and it's not really the case it comes down to those views and if you go through those uh, different videos which I can talk about this because you can pull this up and see it yourself uh, when you look at those different videos that I did on the 31 days of Halloween the most viewed one is the first one with the bat having 133,000 subscribers and that being the top video right now of the Halloween series, it only has 8,431 views. Uh, and then it just kind of goes down from there. I think the lowest one was probably in the low thousands. So let's see here. Go back to my playlist here and see. Yeah, I think low thousands was where most of those kind of are. Come on. It's not doing it in the right order here. There we go. So, yeah, I mean, the one I posted on the 31st, like 1,300 views, 1,500 on the candle the day before. I think next to the bat, the next top one was maybe the mummy with 
5,600 views. So you can see too, just uh, knowing that you've got a ton of subscribers doesn't necessarily equal views either. If I had, you know, half of the subscribers watch this, I'd be making a ton more money. But I know my videos are definitely kind of a certain niche. People have to have a lot of time to sit down and watch a half hour or 45 minute video. But I think it's worth it. I like what I'm doing and I like the information that I'm putting out there. Uh, but that's the, the other thing is don't necessarily see a subscriber count and assume success based off that. It really does come down to the views. So I know personally that these videos that I made, that's the nice thing about YouTube is they're up forever unless I decide to take them down. So these are going to continue to make money over time. I know that what I made this month isn't just what I'm going to make. It's going to perpetually grow over time. And then of course, probably Halloween next year, people will be searching for Halloween stuff next year and they'll find these videos. So this is another one of those kind of perpetual income streams that's just always going to be in the background making money and that's what i like about the videos it is cool because you make them once and they do make you money over and over again plus with some of the videos i've done before you know i've turned the uh, creations into clip art that i've sold with the uh, commercial rights so that's another way to monetize stuff as well uh, but just a lot of different things you need to look at when thinking about doing youtube don't want to discourage anybody. So hopefully if you're deciding to do it, hop in and listen to that other episode. Cause I went in a little bit more depth on the ins and outs for the YouTube kind of side of creation. So that's it for today's episode. Really appreciate you guys tuning in and sorry about being gone for the entire month last month, but hopefully me breaking down the daily grind explained why the podcast just was not going to happen. I think I probably would have died of a heart attack before the end of the month if I did the 31 videos and then did a podcast every week as well. But that's it for this week. Next week, Getting back into the grind, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about next week, so stay tuned for that. Also, I might talk about, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, I posted in the group, I had an art scammer reach out to me. I'm going to do a video, it's going to be on my YouTube channel this week about that. I knew it was a scam from the beginning and decided to troll the scammer and just see how long I could get them on the line playing along with them. So that was a lot of fun. I've got tons of text messages, emails, even got some audio recordings of talking to a bank. I'm not sure if I'm going to include that or not, but a lot of stuff. So I'm going to put that on a YouTube episode. I might make that into the podcast as well. If there's some of you guys that listen to the podcast only and don't do the YouTube thing, but if you do the YouTube, it's funny. <laughs> it's probably going to be one of my favorite videos I've ever done. So definitely tune in for that. And like I said, maybe I'll, I'll talk more about that next week. So that's it. And until next time, keep creating. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Just want to thank you for listening. Hopefully you gained some valuable information that you can apply to your own art business. If you want to check me out online, here's where you can find me. And I'll go ahead and link all these in the show notes as well. So I've got a YouTube channel called Let's Draw with BJ Dell, where I post drawing tutorials and digital art how-to videos. If you want to hop on over there, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell so you can get notified when I post new videos. My website is bjdell.com. You can check out some of my artwork over there. Plus there's a contact form where you can send me any questions or suggestions for future episodes of the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at BJ Dell. 
And last but not least, I have a private group for artists over on Facebook called Keep Creating a Learn, Draw, Share Art Community, where you can share your art, get feedback, and just meet some really cool, supportive people. So really want you guys to be a part of that as well, too. So hop on over there and join the group. Once again, thanks for listening. And if you could do me a favor and leave a review for the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on and definitely share it with a fellow artist if you think they would enjoy it. So that's it for me. And until next time, keep creating.